Blog Talk Radio. Hello there. April is Autism Awareness Month, and Autism Speaks Lighted Up Blue campaign is in full swing. So here's what we're doing. We're asking you to, sometime in the month of April, go to autismspeaks.org and make a donation. No donation is too small. Anything you can possibly afford to do is greatly appreciated. Autism Speaks will use your donation to help continue to provide families with resources and support to fund research to discover more treatments for autism and to advocate for the autism community. Please go to AutismSpeaks.org sometime in the month of April and help Autism Speaks light it up blue. Go do it. All right, now time for Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam. Pete, nice. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We're tonight's entertainment. Hold the phone. Hey, brother. This is serious. Serious. We could make you delirious. Delirious. Podcast episode number two hundred and twenty nine. Hi, welcome to the program. It is Thursday night. It is April the sixteenth. It is two thousand and fifteen. It is ten p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's time for Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete. All right, you guys. New York Sports Talk Podcast. We got a lot of sports to talk about tonight. The NHL playoffs are in full swing. The Islanders are winners. The Rangers played tonight. We'll talk about the NHL playoffs. And baseball season is in full swing. The Mets have won four in a row. The Yankees have not. How are we feeling about our predictions for the first 27 games for the Metropolitans? David Wright is on the shelf. How will this team respond? There's been a lot of things that we've seen over the first two weeks that we've liked. We're going to talk about it. And we were both at opening day at City Field. Home opener on Monday. So we'll talk about that. All this, the NFL draft is in two weeks from tonight. We're doing a huge show. So we're going to talk about that too. So there's plenty of New York sports and other stuff to get to. And of course, our producer, Bishop Pop Culture PJ, Big Donut, grab him in the donut, is here as well. He'll be here later on for the fun load. We're going to talk about the Star Wars teaser trailer that came out today, thus rewriting. Once again, as PJ put it, reinstituting our childhoods. Uh, so, welcome to the program. I'm uh, Steve Sampietro, a.k.a. Sam Pete, one of the hosts of the show. This is episode number 229. We've done this a number of times. If you're an RTUer, uh, welcome back to the program. If you're not, if you're joining us for the first time or uh, haven't listened in, say, three or four years since we've been doing it for five and a half years, hi, welcome back. We still talk about New York sports. Nice. 
to go get a uh, a piece of cake, go get a cup of coffee. I have a huge Dunkin' Donuts coffee in front of me. And they're, they're not paying me to say that. Huge Dunkin' Donuts coffee. Monstrous. There's a life preserver in the Dunkin' Donuts coffee. Um, with a turbo shot. So I am ready to do the show. i got a cup of coffee. Nice. Maybe have a little shvigadel later. Uh, so welcome to the program. Okay. Uh, it is uh, it is probably time to bring in the co-host of the program, I would hope. Cal. Cal. That's, That's him. He is the co-host of the program. He is uh, the yin to my yang. The uh, Rodrigo to my bubblicious. I don't know what that means. Promise you I haven't been drinking. His name is Brian Calvi. We call him Cal. Mr. Brian Calnivica. Calnivica. Caliente. Hi, Brian. Hi, Steve. Welcome to episode 229. We made it. The dream has come true. They said it wouldn't last. They did. A lot of people said that, I feel like. Like three people told us. There were three or four people who were like, no chance. Right. Guys. 229, forget about it. You'll never get to 229. Because we were in New York, so obviously that's what they said. Forget about it. (laughs) That's what everybody says here. Everyone in New York says it. Yep. Every single one of them. Every every single person. The minute you get off the plane at either LaGuardia or John F. Kennedy International Airport, they say, you looking for your bags? Forget about it. Welcome to New York. Forget about it. Forget about it. it. There actually is a sign in Brooklyn. You know that, right? Yes, I know. You are now leaving Brooklyn. Forget about it. I know all about it. Do you know all about it? Or did Forget you? about So you haven't forgot forgotten about it. Steve, what's going on? We got a lot going on. Dude, where's my Whoa. car? What are we gonna do? What are we gonna talk about tonight? There's so much to talk about. I'm I'm busting at the seams to talk New York sports for the first time in two hundred and twenty nine episodes. Wait. Big night. Wait. For the first time in five and a half years, you're ready to talk New York sports? I'm busting at the seams. I haven't busted at the seams in 229 episodes. The name of the program is Ready to Unload. I've always been ready to unload. You know that. Okay. (laughs) As long as we have that established. I am a professional. I'm always ready. Sure. To unload for action. Whatever you want to call it. I I, I want to call it uh, Ready to Unload. You're ready to unload, you feel like. But tonight you're busting at the seams. First time, 229 episodes. You've never used that turn of phrase before. That's okay. that's a bit it's big tonight. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Okay, good. I'm fine. How are how are you? You always you know you're always asking me about me, <laughs> and I never ask you about you. So how are you, Steve? I am. Uh, I'm doing really well, thank you. Good, good. Yeah, everything's everything's good over here. We're holding uh, holding down the fort. You know, we're we're gonna get into this, but playoff hockey. Is all consuming. It really is. It it it's. We're gonna talk about this. We're gonna bring in the bishop in a minute. But not only are we gonna talk about that game from last night, that Islander game from last night, what happened on the ice, but the watching was a unique experience for me. And I, as Islander fans, we don't have a ton of practice watching playoff games in not, recent years. Not recently, no, no. Because before two years ago, they hadn't been to the playoffs since two thousand and what six, seven, four, seven, seven, two thousand seven. Yeah, that was the Ted Nolan year, right? Yes. Yeah. So 
Um, very long time. That's pre-marriage, pre-kids. Well, for, for some of for, us. For, <laughs> that's like, you know. Speak for yourself. Forget about it. That's you, like uh, yesterday a, for me. Can you give me a forget about it, please? Forget about you. it. Um, no, but the, for me, that's pre-everything. Uh, sure. So, man, my I am not battle-tested anymore. I'm not. I'm a wreck. We're going to get into it a little bit later. Yeah. So that's how I'm doing much better because they won. Okay, because I have a couple of things I want to say about that in particular. You're going to get to say them, buddy. Oh, because I'm busting the seams. This is an open forum. Let's keep your seams sewn up. For the first time in 229 episodes, I am busting at the seams. Please say the nine properly, please. 229. Thank you, Bob Murphy. All right, here he is. Uh, let's bring in the producer real quick so we can get to the New York sports type as stuff. As quick as possible because I'm busting. <laughs> Jeez. Peach, get... There it is. There is absolutely no scenario that I can hear this enough. You know he's on roller skates right now. Right? That's a given. Okay. We're, we're all on roller skates now, all of a sudden. Skating into the room backwards, cross legs. <laughs> I just looked down at my feet. And I'm like, how did these get on? Why am I wearing white bell bottoms? Why am I wearing bell bottoms? <laughs> And really sweet Chicago speed skates, which Chicago is. Listen to PJ with the Met game on in the background. Oh, that's, we're violating. Uh, we're violating every copyright law. Please mute your television, sir. I don't believe we Excuse have me. the express written consent of Major League Baseball right now. You have implied. You have implied. And we're no? not worried. You have implied written consent. Consent was never expressed. It was only implied. It was insinuated it was insinu- over a couple of drinks. I have insinuated written consent. I have hinted at consent. Yeah. I have a wink and a nudge consent. Wink and a nod. <laughs> Rob Manford, <laughs> he gave me a little wink and a nod, and he's like, you know what, you? You got the consent nice. You got the uh, consent. You do what you want with our sound bites. <laughs> That's how my grandmother would have given express written consent. She would have said, you got consent nice. You got consent nice. You're making consent nice. All right. Um, what's up, Peach? Around here, we don't even finish that word. It's just forget a bar. <laughs> That's it. it. Trails off. Yeah. It's a lazy gang you have over there. Can't, he can't, even bo- can't even be bothered for the it. You had an R. Forget a bar. Well, it's it's the way it's the way you drive in the uh, the contempt. It, <laughs> it, the word kind of goes down, and you let yourself run out of air to show that it's not even worth your time. It's forget a bar. Come on. Oh, wow. You turn into the penguin? <laughs> Forget about it. Oswald Cobblepot. That is a solid DeVito as penguin. Instant impression. It's been a while. It's been a while since we've had a uh, an instant impression, <laughs> Peach. That, is really, that was really spot on. Can we say also that... Uh, can we mention Paul F. Tompkins and the fact that everything great and funny that's happening on the internet and in podcast world is now connected to Paul F. Tompkins? I feel entirely comfortable saying that. He's he's literally become my hero. You can't give him enough credit. He's, no, he's, he's the funniest man in podcasting. He's the funniest man on, you know, You Shut Up is, is tremendous. Like, he's just... 
He's everywhere. He's not getting overexposed, which is nice. And everything he does is great. And everything he does is extraordinarily funny. I, I felt a wave of fear come over me the other day because I decided, well, maybe he's working too hard. Maybe we're going to have a Paul F. Tompkins drops of exhaustion uh, no. problem coming up right. soon. We, need to, we may need to slow him down. He's I invent these anything. problems in my head. This is just no. me, but I'm just, you know, <laughs> scared. Yes, but you you often have these fears, fears throughout a day. Just these random, oh, man, I hope Paul F. Tompkins is not working too hard. i got to sit down. <laughs> oh, you, I should probably even, sit you, down. Please. You don't even want to know the scenarios <laughs> I talk myself into. Oh, boy, I hope Patton Roswald is eating breakfast. I hope he has right. a decent breakfast this morning because otherwise the comedy may just dry up. That's right. If his blood sugar is low, those tweets are going to suck. Do you guys think Louis C.K. sleeping enough? Because I'm a little concerned. <laughs> yes. Do you think he's getting six or eight solid hours? You know what? You you look at Louis C.K. and you could tell there's a man who naps. It's fine. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we'll talk about this in the uh, in the fun load because we have a ton to talk about with the Star Wars teaser trailer coming out. And then I wanted to talk to you about some some TV that's on because I've I've been catching some new TV. Yes, well, let's talk about all that because I have no topics. So it, all of those will do for the fact that I've done nothing for the fun. Once load. again, bringing it to the table. Bring Thanks, it, TJ. This is what you bring. You should probably not tell us that on the show. Listen to me. Sure. The fact that I don't take any of this seriously is actually the glue that holds the whole thing together. <laughs> and that is the mystery of the show. That makes perfect sense. That is, I know. That, that is the mystery of PJ. <laughs> Worst. <laughs> is that a Tom Bosley show? I was just going to say, Worst Deborah Messing Pilot Ever. Or any other kind. How many? How many Deborah? How many pilots has Deborah Messing done? Just a, give me a ballpark. Thirty-seven. Probably something we could research. The over/under is seven. I no, you can't. You you wouldn't be able to get that that strict number. You wouldn't. That's because, true. Because there's there's probably at least ten we have no knowledge of, or they didn't shoot, or. I feel like they should oh, just re- rename it Messing Season. This is the fourth time this year I've heard somebody call for um, a pilot the, network. The head of Deborah Messing? <laughs> Four times this <laughs> Bring year. Bring me the head of Deborah Messing. Bring me the head of Deborah Messing. She amuses. Yes, uh, someone just recently again called for, like, you know, now that it's the age of Netflix, yep. uh, they they should launch a pilots streaming service where you could see all the the pilots that have been developed and abandoned from the beginning of television to now. It yeah. would be so interesting. Everybody would love it. The pilot network, yep. Makes perfect sense to me. You know, the the only problem is most of those are one-offs. You really can't get invested because <laughs> you'll never see no, another it's episode. Curio- it's a curiosity shop. What are you talking about? It is a curiosity shop. But you know what they say about Curiosity and the cat and the pilots. You know what they say. The cat bit the pilot? <laughs> Cal, Cal shaking his head as if he's not familiar with that age-old Hollywood adage. That's, 
Duty Can you fill me in? Curiosity killed the cat right after he shot his first pilot. Oh. That's right. That's it. It was it was Morris the cat. Curiosity killed the pilot that Morris the cat shot. Killed it in development. I still think that's, it's a good idea. That's the saying. It's developed a lot over the years. Morris the Cat, of course, Netflix was the advertising the advertising version of it. What you got there is a Morris the Cat. Curiosity is going to kill it, and you won't get a pilot out of it. That's another one. It's, it, it, I, I, messing season is very, very confusing for all of us, I feel like. Have there been any other celebrity cats since Morris the Cat? <laughs> Real cats? Guy? Real cats, that, yeah. Where you know so the so obviously we're, we're, in, we're in ignoring Garfield's work in this scenario. I'm saying real cats, cats that would appear in a commercial and so on. Who was the cat that Alf tried to eat all the time? No, no, Alf, you can't, oh, no, eat the cat again. <laughs> What's that cat's name? <laughs> no, Alf, please, you're from another planet. <laughs> cats are pets here. For the fiftieth time, Willie, <laughs> cats are delicious. <laughs> Alf, why is Alf stuck in our lexicon? Why is Alf stuck in there? There's so I, much, I so much more valuable information I could have in my brain, and I can do a Willie impression from Alf. There are so many. Th- you said it last night, Kyle. You spent three hours trying to help your daughter with their math homework because the Common Core is a ridiculous system and situation, and you need an advanced degree in, in algebra to help your child with their math homework now. That's, yes, that's true. But you can, yo, Willie, we can we can quote Alf at at length. There's got to be more up there. Got to put more. Let, let's go talk about sports. <laughs> some, and, some, and some inane facts about baseball teams. Seems like a good idea. We went from roller skating in the 70s to roller skating in the 80s. We skated right out of the decade into the next one. We skated right out of the decade. Peach, I'm going to spend the next hour or so talking about sports and also trying to think of a famous real cat. So thanks for putting that up there. Thanks for throwing that out there. How about Bob Buttons? There's got to be one, right? There's got to be one. There's got to be at least one. At least one. Wasn't there a presidential cat? A presidential cat? Yes, like one of the presidents had a cat. Like a lot of them have dogs. A number of them have dogs, yes. But I believe there there must have been one that had a cat or cats. Dr. Katz? Not Dr. Katz. Great show. Underestimated show. Tremendous. Saul Katz. Not Saul Katz. Definitely not Saul Katz, Met fans. Don't worry. Uh, tremendously underrated show. Dr. Katz they should bring back. On the, on the messing network. On the, on the messing network. <laughs> it's messing season. <laughs> How many messings did you go out on this year? Uh, no, pretty dry messing season. Um, There's a website have, called Famous Cats from TV and Film. Of course there is. <laughs> because of course there is. All right, oh, you get to right. you, you, you get to work on that 
and uh, Cal and I are going to talk sports. Okay. You know, uh, not as interesting as you'd think. <laughs> and I I wouldn't really think it was that interesting in the first place, so we're really... Yeah, you know what? I, I suggest we don't come back to this. <laughs> <laughs> that pin that pin we put in Famous Cat? Take that pin out. Yeah. I'm going to say uh, we let that die. <laughs> um, Cal, where do you want to start? Do you want to start on the New York Islanders? Because we probably should. We yeah, did, I suppose. and then and then move to the Mets and the Yankees, and then the draft, um, and of course the Rangers. Now we we don't want to spoiler alert it. Maybe somebody was in the scenario I was in last night, DVRing the game. Of course, they probably wouldn't be smart to listen to a New York sports talk podcast live. So you know what? Spoiler alert: the Rangers won tonight, uh, two to one. And that game, I watched like the first 10 minutes of that game or 15 minutes of that game, and I thought the Rangers were going to win 37 to nothing. That's how it looked like in the beginning, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> it, really did. it really looked like the Penguins were just... And they gave up a goal within 28 seconds, in the first 28 seconds of the game. <laughs> and it, was, it wasn't even like hard. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was like a pass up the boards. You know, Fleury let a rebound out that was so... Ju- I mean, it was a complete T-bone stake to Broussard. Uh, who buried it. Uh, but the Penguins, I guess, settled down. They did. They got a goal in the second period to cut it to 2-1. From Blake Como, former Islander. Right. His first NHL playoff goal. Right. And that was well, it. he wasn't going to get one with the Islanders, Cal. Ah, that's funny. Hey. If he had stuck around a little bit longer, he might have. He might have. Um, but then it ended 2-1. And I guess it was a pretty tight third period. I guess the, no, the Penguins... Look... The Rangers should win this series in five games at best, or at most, I should say. Um, they're a vastly superior team to the really banged-up Penguins. For the Penguins to have any chance in this series, they have to get one of these two games in Madison Square Garden. I don't think that's happening. And from what I saw tonight, Malkin does not look like he's 100%. Their defensive core is a disaster. Oh, they're, they're missing guys left and right. Yeah, Airhoff's not playing. You know, just their Their defense is shambles. Uh, which is actually a French champagne. Chambelles. Chambles. Um So, uh, but back to the Islanders. Let's do this. Enough, enough of that. Well, there's no reason to be that way. It's There's nothing to get hung about. It's the NHL playoffs. Right, but enough of the Rangers. We don't, we're not here to talk about the Rangers. What if I was? Uh, you're not. What if I showed up tonight ready to talk Ranger hockey? Then the floor is yours, sir. <laughs> then you have the next 45 minutes to yourself. Have at it. The game last night for the Islanders was... I, I want to do this uh, uh, two ways, Bri. <laughs> I've prepared for you Islanders hockey two ways. First, we have a, de- a deconstructed Islander hockey. And then we also have a Lovely. hockey with a uh, palm frite. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Why are they doing everything two ways on cooking shows? Not everything. Actually, it's well, three. It's often three ways. So what I did tonight was beats three ways. So just do the one way and make the one way good. How many ways can you do beats? You can do beats a number of ways. I have a oh. uh, a beets flambe. I have a beets uh, with a uh, frisé uh, and a uh, a beet uh, fried beets with uh, jicama. And okra. I watch a lot of cooking shows. Um, no, the the two ways I want to go here. We didn't get to talk a lot about what happened on the ice. 
because I watched the game so late. Right. That we didn't really, we haven't yet gotten to talk about the good points of what they did on the ice. So I just want to point out two things, and and uh, uh, you know, kind of have a discussion about them. The first one was. I can't remember a time where, uh, in recent, you know, the last 25 games or so, where the Islanders were as careful with the puck in their own zone. And your biggest thing about stick down and being ready for passes, even especially outlet passes out of their zone, um, wasn't as big of of an issue last night. Not last night, no. But But did you notice the difference? Of course, you notice a huge difference. Yeah. They seem to um, have practiced, maybe. Sharper. Or, spoke, sharper. or spoken to each other, maybe, um, before the game. No, they, 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 they didn't attempt nearly... You know what I didn't see a lot of last night either, Cal? The dopey, backhanded play up the boards to get out of their own zone. Nope. The blind backhand pass that they love to use along the boards, especially up towards the blue line. Mm-hmm to get out of their own zone that fails, I would say, roughly 65% of the time. That's very conservative. <laughs> right. I was giving them some credit. So that was one thing on the ice that I, I haven't seen in 25 games. Or I've seen it for a period here or a period there. They had three periods of consistent play um, in, in that regard, of being way more careful in their own zone, taking advantage of their clearing opportunities. But the other one, Cal, which I l- loved, look, there, there's going to be times during a game where they're going to be swimming in their own zone. These are, right. This is a good team they're playing with two of the best offensive players in the league. And it's not just on the penalty kill. There's going to be times where they're five on five, they're just swimming in their own zone and they cannot get the puck out and they cannot clear it. They're commitment to keeping the middle of the ice clear while that was going on was fantastic and keeping the area keeping the puck out towards when they couldn't get it out they at least kept it out towards the corners during those times where they're swimming because so often when they're swimming in their own zone the bad giveaways in the middle of the ice yep and they didn't do that last night right no they were they were responsible with the puck on both ends of the ice and it was nice to see and it was it was clearly, to me, this had been their plan all along for the last 25 games was they weren't worried about what was happening, and it got dangerously close to really blowing up in their face in the last week of the season. But the plan all along was, let's take our foot off the gas, let's get ourselves ready for the playoffs, and then when the playoffs come, we're going to turn it back on. And they turned it back on last night. They actually turned it back on. They just they flipped the switch and they played the same way they played for the first 55 games of the season. Yeah, the one thing that you said, all right, we'll see, you know, and rightfully, and I said as well. Like, well I, was, I was skeptical. Yeah, you were just, all right, they just think they can turn it on, and they just turned it on. <laughs> I had my arms folded yes. with a very skeptical look on my face, like, all right, show me. Show I, thought, me. I thought the monocle was a little over the top. Well, I felt it was it was needed in this situation because I didn't believe they could do this. Okay, I thought it was a very precarious thing to try to just turn it on. <laughs> we'll see about that. I'm glad you opted for the monocle over the uh, the real like librarian glasses at the end of your nose, right? All the time, right? And you're looking down like, hmm. 
I felt like I was more like the guy in the cereal commercial that they tell me that I have enough fiber in the cereal that I'm that I should be eating instead of eating four bowls of the other one. Colon blow. Really? Well, we'll see about that. <laughs> Colon blow. Yeah. Um, another thing that I noticed, and and we had talked about this with our, in our rosterbation <laughs> segment with. Um, with the guys from Lighthouse Hockey last week, Dom Jansky and, and Dan Saracini, which they call rosterbation, and that's the mixing of lines, the mixing and matching, and, and how every fan has their ideal lineup scenario. I still love that first line, Cal, because to me it's such a playoff line because you get enough offense out of Strom and uh, Tavares. JT and Strom together are two guys that see the ice exceptionally well, can set themselves up. Now you see that Strom, which we saw at Bridgeport last year before he came up, he has got a ridiculous fast, ridiculously fast release. Mm-hmm. Ridiculously fast. And that, I don't, I'm not sure if Braden Holtby's seen that puck yet. I, I watched it like seven or eight times. Yeah, I, and you, and I never yeah. saw it. I mean, unbelievably fast release. So him on that uh, right wing is great. And Kuhlman was an animal last night, Cal. Yeah. That was one of the best games I've seen him play this season. That's why you got that guy. But he provides a defensive zone responsibility uh, that that first line needs. He's got a good enough handle that he can play on that first line. He forechecks really, really well. He threw the body around yesterday on that first line, which was great. And Kuhlman, that that Kuhlman-Strom-JT line, I really like I really like um, as a playoff first line. I what what I like about it more than it. I mean, I do like it as a playoff first line, but I like the ancillary effect of getting Bailey Nielsen and Aposo back together. Yeah, because I think they are a dynamite line. The knob line. Yep. Yep. And I and and they were the best line in the playoffs two years ago. So there's a history there. And yep. you put them back together and you put them in that situation and and you saw them last night. Aposo played his best game since he's been back. Bailey became playoff Bailey, which is yep. a completely different Bailey than regular season Josh Bailey. <laughs> everybody loves playoff Bailey. Everybody loves playoff Bailey. And everybody wants playoff Bailey all the time, but you can't get him all the time. He's got to pace himself. That's correct. <laughs> and Nielsen. Nielsen didn't, didn't show any ill effects from, from being injured for the last week. No, and neither did Martin, which was, again, just a huge amount of credit to the fourth line. That MC squared line, when they play in the playoffs, uh, Sezika sure likes the playoffs. Yeah, he sure does. Um, and they did exactly what that line is meant to do, and that's cycle the puck, keep the puck in the offensive zone, hit. don't don't get hemmed in, and hit everything that moves. And they're going to be huge in this series, Cal, because the, the, the Capitals throw the wood around. They yeah. really do. And, and, and when we get into our keys to the game, game two, I'm going to talk about that. Are we doing that? I, I was hoping we would because oh, I had okay. something to say about it. I didn't know we were doing a keys to the game segment. I had my fingers crossed because I had something prepared. <laughs> and if, if we didn't do it, then all right, well. Did we get a sponsor for the keys the to side. the game? Keys to the game. <laughs> Let's go with Ridgewood Savings Bank. Ridgewood Savings Bank. Now. Okay. Is that Are they still in business? I don't bank there. I was trying to go with... Uh, Dime Savings Bank? Yeah, like something that's out of business. Chemical Bank? Nat West? Where was your first bank account? Do you remember? Dime. Really? Dime Savings Bank of New York. I was always jealous because McWalter's 
went to Dime, and we had a Nat West, which became Fleet. Right. That, that might be the other way around. No. Yeah. Nat West, which became Fleet. And Kevin had the Dime passbook. Yep. The little passbook thing. That Fleet Bank has now become a Bank of America. Is BOA, yeah. Is Bank of America. Just in case you were but wondering. Nat West was my first bank account, and they didn't have the cool little book. Yeah. I love that book. The Dime Savings Bank Savings Book. Right. And McWalters had that. He was always better than me. Williamsburg Savings Bank. Williamsburg Savings Bank. So let's call, the, let's call it the Dime Bank <laughs> RTU keys to the game. Right. Um, but just to get back to last night and, and wrap that up, <laughs> the watching experience, very difficult for me last night. Do you know why? I know why, but why don't you tell everybody why? Well, no, you, I, you don't, because we haven't even talked about it. How would I? How how do I not know? We talked. Because, well, you know how I watch the game, but you don't know how you watch the game. No, <laughs> it's no, no, the no. Subtleties no. that make you so fascinating. <laughs> really, mystery wrapped in a riddle, inside of an enigma, with a little little ketchup. Um, <laughs> so I prepared for you an enigma three ways. No, I I discovered something last night in my so I had a a business uh, engagement that I needed to be present for that I had scheduled two months ago. Um, it was an acting uh, workshop thing um, that I had no danger of finding out a score at. A because I'm I'm in a room for three hours, you know, or two and a half hours. But B, I'm with a bunch of New York actors. I'm pretty sure I'm the only Islander fan there. Hey, forget about it. It's very safe from from somebody leaning over and be like, they just scored. You know, it's not, that's not happening. So I had the game DVR'd. I had uh, soundproof headphones on for the walk to Penn Station, mm. lest I hear somebody talking. I had to walk past a number of bars to get to Penn Station. That's tough. Head down, soundproof headphones in. Mm-hmm. WTF with Mark Marin, Henry Winkler episode, blaring. Well, it's a good thing he's not an Islander fan. And I had to be, <laughs> and I have to be honest with you, had to go music. WTF was not a consistent enough sound to be sure to drown out whatever was happening on the street. So I, so I popped on some music, walking head down, sprinting to Penn Station, make the 918 train. Walking, head down, sprinting to Penn Station. It started out as a walk, turned into a sprint. Looks like a pump, feels like a sneaker. Nice. Did you have a, did you? I was wearing, I was wearing. (laughs) What are those, what were those shoes? Uh, I don't remember. They were women's shoes. Feels like a sneaker. Yeah, I don't know. A spirit or something like that? Were you listening to a song with a rising crescendo so that you were walking? And slowly you started jogging. Yes. Right? It was I was listening to Ramble On by Zeppelin. So I started walking. Time I was on my way. And then when it kicks in, I just ramble out and I'm sprinting. And you're just like sprinting with your right. arms, <laughs> pumping. Flailing about. No, so I get um I get home at ten o'clock, nice. I'm in great shape. Uh, the kids are in bed. Teresa has confirmed that there's not been a catastrophic DVR failure. Um, always, always a concern. Well, she panicked. She texted me at like nine thirty. Uh huh. And she's like, "I, what channel are you DVRing?" I'm like, what? and I texted back, "Why?" 
She's like, what channel? Like in all caps. I'm like, 580 MSG+. Plus. She's like, oh, okay. Because I just put on USA to watch Law & Order, of course. Which is the only thing my wife watches. Um, and uh, it said the Islander game is blacked out. Right. So she panicked. She thought I was – and I said, no, that's because it's uh, – that's the national feed. I'm recording uh, uh, you know, MSG+. Plus. So, so we, we, I thought we had catastrophic DVR failure. We did not. I get home. I'm ready to go. Get the Billy Smith on. Sit in my living room. Got the headphones on. 55-inch TV. Crack a beer. Uh, ready to go. Ready for playoff hockey. Nice. At Nothing. 10 o'clock. At 10, 10. at 10, 11 Eastern Standard Time, I started the game. That was puck drop for you. Correct. Okay. Here's the problem that I hadn't encountered very much of this entire season of the 70, 65 to 70 Island games I watched this year. The game was over. Right. I usually start watching the game while it's still going on. Okay. Explain the problem. The problem is, if I start a game and it's still going on, a regular season game, I can usually fast forward to get live. Okay. The outcome has not been decided. Okay. This, I hated the idea that this game was over. Right. Oh, I see. Got it. The temptation to fast forward things I would not normally fast forward to get to the end was tremendous. That's, that's very interesting. I'm surprised. I have not checked my phone in three hours. I had sent out a text message to all you guys saying, please, radio silence. Everybody honored that. Everybody honored it extraordinarily well. Great job by them. My cousin Michelle, one of our biggest listeners to the show, cousin Michelle down in Nashville was not on the text and texted me at 9.15 saying, I can't believe this game. Yeah. However, I didn't open that text. Didn't open it. I have a system. <laughs> it's battle. The system is battle tested. You might not be for the playoffs, but the system is battle tested. So it it is. I yeah, I have Siri open up text messages. I have the, my phone on audio. Teresa's text messages have a certain um, ringtone, <laughs> so I know if it's her. I know I should answer the text message. Then I have Siri answer the text message. Siri, open the message from Teresa. Wow. Siri, Siri obliges. Siri's going to get a nice Christmas bonus. She got, she's going to get a little something nice. <laughs> Here's a little something for you, Siri. Go get something nice. Um, so anyway, I did not like the idea that the game was done. When it was 3-1 to one, uh, in, in this, you know, there's moments of temptation. And not to fast forward... You know, you understand if I'm fast forwarding in DVR mode and I'm just on two times, I'm still watching the action. I'm still watching what's going on. I'm able to see what's going on. The temptation was great, Cal, but I'm glad I didn't do it. I didn't do it. All I fast forwarded was commercials and the intermissions. That's it. So I, you know, I, I pretty much watched it without knowing that, but that was tough. I hadn't done that in a while. Hadn't had to watch a game where I knew the outcome was decided already. Hmm. And if I do in the regular season, I fast forward. 
I watched that game and fast forward. Didn't want to do that here. Playoff hockey. Couldn't breathe. A lot. <laughs> Couldn't breathe. I just wanted to win that game so badly last night. I, I shouldn't say I wanted to win. I wasn't playing. I wanted them to win that game so badly last night, Cal. Yeah. So badly. My my fan psyche needed them to win that game. Well, you what did you say this morning? It was spot on. What did I say? It just it felt very different this morning because the last forty eight hours I've had a knot in my stomach, like an actual knot in my stomach. Not a garlic knot. No. Not a Windsor knot. <laughs> Don knots. It was a very formal knot you had in your stomach? Nothing. I like actually that. had a I had a Windsor knot. It was an Ivy League knot I had in my stomach. Oh, okay. Very uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. Yeah, so it was it was just, just a lot of a lot of anxiety and stress. Don knots was in your stomach. No! <laughs> These playoff games are killing me. It, it's ridiculous because it's it's sports, you know. Sports is supposed to be fun, and there was nothing fun about the last two days, right? Prior to last night, nothing fun at all. I just I couldn't. It, time could not go fast enough to get to the game starting last night, and then when the game started, it was you know I, I sat on the couch all like rolled up in a ball, pretty much, <laughs> all tense in the fetal position. I wasn't actually in the fetal position, but my knees were up by my well, chest. Well, well, let's talk about lucky position here. What Lucky what, position. Your knees were up by your chest? That's your lucky position for this? No, 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 no. That's not a lucky position. That was, a, that was how I wound up. That's how my body involuntarily wound up. Contorted. During this scenario. Um, do you do Bakrim yoga while you're watching an Islander <laughs> game? We turn the lights down. We put the heat up. 85. Yeah, I go the full The kids loaded. bring in stones. Place them strategically about. It's very ritualized, your Islander it is. watching. It is. Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, shoot these stars, Krishna Krishna. It's um, yeah. It tell me that wasn't your lucky position, though. Please, that was not my lucky position. No, I have a posi- I have a uh, lucky spot. Okay. On the couch. If you are looking at the couch, I must be all the way to the right. With my left arm on the armrest, doesn't always have to be on the armrest. But my, if if I were to rest my arm anywhere, it would be on the on the on the left arm. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Guess where my uh, my lucky spot is? On the right side. It's if you're looking at the couch, far right. Yep. Legs crossed. Yep. Left arm on the left arm on the arm. Yeah. Right hand has the beer. I've moved. Lap. I've moved. I've moved my kids out of that spot. They're very comfortable on the computer, you know, under a blanket. And I've asked them to move politely. I've been very nice about it. Uh, sometimes, sometimes I make a game out of it and I pick them up, move them myself. <laughs> but I'm really just doing it so I can have that spot free. And now what we've learned, and my wife is not going to be happy about this. <laughs> my wife. My wife. Which, um, a first star of the game last night. Absolutely, my wife, Allison. Right. Without a doubt. Tremendous job. Or none. We spent approximately three hours doing math homework last night with my daughter. My goodness. Um, this, is, this is the week of the controversial state testing. Yes. That we have opted out of. All right, sir. 
Um, that's you, a whole other. You can opt out of it. Oh yeah. Not only can you opt out. Um, well, we'll get into that. Yeah, we should, we should preface this by saying your wife, oh, wife is, is a teacher. Is an elementary school teacher, you know? She's a uh, middle, middle school, middle school teacher. Yeah. Um, well, she's, she's familiar with the the New York State education system. Yeah, basically, if if she says to do something, then I'm going to follow her lead. Right. Anyway, so we're doing the homework. Um, the game is is on, not on my television, but it's a recording, and I'm just I'm a wreck trying to help this kid with her homework who's stressing out over it. I'm stressing out because there's a playoff game going on that I can't watch yet. It was it was just a, it was a nightmare. Finally around 9:30 we sat down to put the game on. My wife, my wife, Allison said, "I can't wait to watch this game also." I said, "Really?" She said, "Yeah, I want to see what happens." I'm like, "Okay." I said, "You don't know what happens because she had been on her phone all night." Right. I said, "You don't know what happens?" She says, "No, I have no idea what's going on." I said, oh, that's great. So we sat down. She was on the love seat laying. She was on the love boat. She was on the love boat. With Charo. <laughs> it's going to be very expensive to bring Charo <laughs> into my house for the rest of the playoffs. <laughs> and she eats a lot. Man. Fred Travellini somehow showed up. I don't know what we're going to do with him. She's laying on the love seat. I'm sitting on the couch. We're watching the game. And she's reacting to the game in real time. As you know, She's got her phone. But she's reacting to the game in real time. As things are happening, if something good happens, she's reacting positively. If something bad, she reacts negatively. Um, so the game ends. If Charo says something inappropriate, she reacts. She reacts appropriately. Right. Coochie coochie your way out of the living room. So, she, um, so the game's over. And they win. And I'm excited. And I look over at her and I said, you knew that they won, didn't you? Yeah. And she said, yeah, I knew all along. She knew what the score was. No, she knew, she knew that they won. She didn't know what the score was. Right. And she played a poker face like I've never seen before. I had no, because usually I'm paranoid about that. Right. Like I won't even let her sit there because I know she knows. Yeah. And I can't, I can't even look at her. Because it's all over you, Face. That's right. why. If she's on Facebook for 10... See, that's... Oh, yeah. Ter- Teresa knew, too. I came into the bedroom last night. She was already in bed watching Law & Order. Like, haven't you seen this one? How is it possible? <laughs> and, uh, and you know, I'm putting my jersey on, getting ready to go. She's like, okay, enjoy the game. And I'm like, yeah, let's go Islanders. And she made, like, a face. But it was like a... Like a okay, yeah. Now look, she's she's not throwing the pom poms around. No, usually. But it was it it. I was so wired for somebody to give something away. Yeah, it threw you off. That I literally turned into <laughs> Cumberpatch on Sherlock Holmes and was like, uh, the degree of her face went to a seventy-five degree angled smirk. She only does that when she's lying. Clearly, they've lost. I, I had it in my head for the whole first period that they lost the game. Wow. I really did. Because of her, right? So then I finally get over that. I'm finally like, nah, she didn't give anything away. Get into bed at about 1 o'clock because I stayed up. And now I'm catching up on Twitter and reading all about right. the game and stuff like right. that. And she wakes up as I get into bed and I just give her the thumbs up that they won. She just, I know. Yeah, she knew the whole time. 
Um, it's amazing how how that worked out. Yeah, a tremendous job by then. But anyway, I'm gonna have to do that again tomorrow night. Well, and that's and that's now the problem. Is and I, Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Islanders! How could you have done this to me? Well, here's the deal: if they happen to win the next two games, yeah, you know you're not watching a live game <laughs> I will for the rest of the playoffs. That's correct. You know that. I am watching the first period live tomorrow. Ooh. Here's how this works tomorrow. That's that's taking a chance. Tomorrow night, for the first time in four years, our <laughs> leap year, a live television event. The Olympics. <laughs> a president will be elected. Nope. Keep going. Happens every every four years. An angel gets its wings. No, nope. I don't know. That's every, a, what? That's a bell ringing. Um. We are the old band is playing music. You're getting the band back together? We're not getting the band back together. How dare you? That's not what we're doing. Nobody's allowed to say that. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to imply anything. The implication was this band. Wow. We will, we will play this song tomorrow night, no doubt. Sloppily. As we will have not played together in 4 years. Um I think it's four years. It's three or four years. Um, we decided to do this. We tried to put this together about six weeks ago. Again, making my commitments well in advance. These are probably PJs among them. So I should say the the other three guys are probably more difficult to get in a room together than like the Eagles at this point. <laughs> like I would probably have an easier time putting an Eagles reunion together than this. So I can't I can't cancel it. I wouldn't want to. I'm really looking forward to it. We're not getting together for any other reason other than to hang out and play some music. We haven't seen each other in a long time. Um there, there's no gig in the offing. There's a gig in the offing. Um you know, we don't we're not planning on putting the band back together. PJ really wants to put the band back together. Um no, seriously, we're just playing music tomorrow night for fun. Mm. That's at eight o'clock. At a studio, uh, a rehearsal studio near Penn Station. At, oh. at 6 o'clock, I am meeting the bass player, our buddy Tom. You know sure. Tom well, good, of course. Good man. Great man. Big Jet fan. Big Ranger fan. Huge Yankee fan. Hockey's probably his fourth favorite sport. Um, at the Triple Crown Saloon, right up the street from Madison Square Garden, the most overrated. I mean... Famous arena in the world. Did I say overrated? You did. I feel like that was a slip of the tongue. For uh, a couple of beers before we go to rehearsal. This is what we always used to do. We'd meet at the Triple Crown. We'd have a few beers, grab something to eat, and go play music. The game's going to be on at Triple Crown. I can't ask them to turn off the game. I can't sit there and catch up with Tom Brooch, who I haven't seen in two years, uh, and, and put headphones on. I can't do any of these things. I can't shield myself from it, so I'm going to watch it. Okay. Tom Tom knows that I'm going to watch it. You're not going to be doing much catching up with him then. Well, I have from 6 o'clock to 7, uh, 11, 7, 12 p.m. And then, <laughs> and then commercial breaks. Okay. <laughs> okay, Tom, go. Then at the end of the first period, whenever that is, we are leaving, going to rehearsal, 
I am then shutting it all off, shutting it down. Like Nakatomi Plaza, shut it down now. And I will in, uh, do the same thing. Now, I'm probably not going to get home till around midnight. Well, the game will be long over by long then. Long over. But I'll only have two periods to catch up with. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is what I'm trying to do. Yeah, maybe you watch it in the morning. Maybe you go to sleep. Watch There's it in the morning. no chance I'll be able to go to sleep. No chance. Yeah, you get a nice slumber. What am I telling you? I'm a wreck. I'm a disaster. I can't wait for the game to get here. Yeah, but after a night of music and jamming with the band, you might be tired. Train ride home. Hey, look. Midnight. It's the playoffs. You put head to pillow. Ain't no time for tired. You sleep nice. You dream of a win. You wake up. You make yourself a cup of coffee. There's no chance. You watch what happens. No chance. Hey, suit yourself. So that's tomorrow night. Suit yourself. I want to bring that back. Sunday, (laughs) suit yourself. So you want me to suture myself up? Is that what you're asking me to do? Uh, No. Suit yourself? Suit yourself. Self-suture. Self-suture is a whole different thing. So now Sunday, game three. Yes. In the old old bar, I have two kids' birthday parties. Two at the same time? Good job, everybody. uh, One's from 10 to 12. The other one's from 11 to 1. They are across the street from each other. So you're going to jack tripper this one, aren't you? And they're all jump back and forth. They're all right at the on Museum Row, right next to the Coliseum. Oh, good. There won't be a lot of traffic over there. It'll be nice. And I'll Quiet. only be and I'll only be ninety feet away from the hockey game going on at noon. From a playoff game. Correct. Right. That'll be fun. Yeah. Good. Thanks a lot, Islanders. Hey, let's. It's time for our dime savings back, <laughs> savings bank RTU savings back. I got my savings back, savings back, savings back. <laughs> it's time for the dime savings bank RTU keys to the game. Game two, New York Islanders, Washington Capitals. Cal. Well, Steve, I think the biggest key to the game in game two is that Washington's going to come out very physical. In this game. We thought they were physical in game one. Now they're going to be ornery in game two. And the Islanders have to be prepared for that. They're going to have to withstand the physicality of the Washington Capitals. They're going to have to really stem the tide for the first ten minutes of the game. Try to get the emotion of the crowd out of it. They can do that. And they can get out of that first ten, ten minutes tied or down a goal at worst. They're going to be in pretty good position to steer the ship back in their direction. Take game two with a commanding two games to nothing lead going back to the Nassau Coliseum. My dime savings bank keys to the game. My other key, Cal, and, and uh, just as you're being serious, I am too. I want to see them continue to um, really forecheck, backcheck, and really hound the puck. Kuhlman was great. Oposo was great. Their forwards were really – Brock Nelson was tremendous. We've got to mes- mention him. Played his best game in 35 or 40 games. He really did. Um, they have to continue to hound the puck at all times on five on five. Um, they did such a great job of back checking, such a great job of pushing the Capitals out. They did the exact the the, the exact opposite of what teams try to do. The Islanders, when the right. Islanders are trying to carry in and use their speed, teams try to push them in. 
through the neutral zone, right? They try to make them come through the middle. The Islanders right. trying to make them go to the outside and pick their pocket as they took it over the blue line, from, you know, uh, up at the blue line near the boards. I want to see so much more of that. I want to see, you're absolutely right, the first 10 minutes are going to be crucial for the Isles. Yeah, because this um, is, I mean, Washington's got their, Washington's on the ropes right now. Yes. You and don't, they, they, can, they cannot afford to go down 2 nothing in this series. Yeah. Um, which is ironic since if they maybe had a savings account at Dime Savings Bank, they could afford lots of things. Dime Savings Bank, it doesn't exist anymore. Um, the, other, the other huge key for me, Cal, I think Braden Holtby's, Confidence is a, was a little shaken. I really do. The Nelson goal, while it was a really nice shot, was soft. He should have had it. The uh, the the Strom goal he never saw, and the the Bailey goal was a tough goal. But again, had it, let up a rebound, couldn't quite control it. I think throw pucks at him early. Throw them from all sorts of angles. Throw pucks at him early. Get pucks on the net early. That's another thing that they did really well last night, Cal, that they haven't done well in a while. Let's get, get pucks on net. If you're going to shoot, get it on the friggin' net. How many yeah. times has this team missed the net? Sure. So I think that's a huge key. Get, you know, Go right after Braden Holtby. Let's see if his confidence was shaken by the other night. Because he did not play well. He didn't. Um, it's going to be uh, crazy pants, crazy pants, but, uh, it, just a tremendous job by that team in game one to really just put us all at ease. And that's what it was. And winning the game last night just changed everything. If they had lost that game, I believe the anxiety and stress would have continued throughout today into tomorrow, into tomorrow night's game. And it would, tomorrow night would have even been worse than last night was. How is Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, and, and by winning that game, you, you used the perfect word. It settled everything. It just settled everything. Now, I anticipate tomorrow uh, starting to get the butterflies again and, and starting to get revved up for the game again. Um, but today was nice. Today was the first day I felt like a human being in, in a long time. <laughs> it, was, it was nice. It's, and it's true. You did. It sounds ridiculous, but, it's, but it is true. Ridiculous or not, I, we just spent 20 minutes talking about sitting on the one side of a couch watching a sporting event. It's, nothing, all, it's all very ridiculous. Nothing's ridiculous, and it's all ridiculous at the same time. Yeah. So, so I don't even care. And you know what? I, I, I like my lucky position. <laughs> it's, it's turned out well. Worked for the Metropolitans last night, too. Oh, that, that position? Not is, last night, the night before. Is cross-sport? It has cross-sports. Okay. It's also how I usually sit on the couch, so it's kind of convenient. Sure, the same thing with me. I think the big difference is I'm just not moving. Right. <laughs> and I find myself watching, like, Veep in that position and not changing that position and being like, I could probably, I could swing my legs up if I wanted to. Just Veep? Just, that's right. I want things to go well Okay. in Veep, so I stay in that position. <laughs> um... So we good on the Islanders? You feel good? Yeah, I I just I really very briefly want to mention uh, my my experience on Saturday night at the Coliseum. Oh yes, you have to. Just, Sorry. You know yeah, I'm, yeah. I want to spend maybe like 120 seconds on it, okay. starting now. 
Very so I went I went to the last game, last regular season game at the Nassau Coliseum on Saturday night. Um, it was a we called an audible last minute decision Saturday afternoon. I had decided, you know what, I have to be there. And the reason why I had to be there is I was there for the last regular season game ever played at the Meadowlands for the Jets. I was there for the last regular, last game ever, really. There was no game played after that at the Meadowlands. That was the last game. Correct. Uh, last game played at Shea Stadium. Ever. Ever. That was before. That was first. Right. I went out of order. Yeah. Hey, please. I know. I'm, I'm, waste, I'm wasting my time here. <laughs> and then I felt like, you know what? 50 seconds. I'm only going to have <laughs> a chance to do this one more time. Because I, I don't think in my lifetime... I'm going to be around to watch the Barclays Center close or City Field close or MetLife Stadium. I don't think I'm going to ever have that opportunity again. So I decided to go. My wife came with me. Um, she had a big week. She had a really big week and was shocked that she did. Somebody's bucking for a promotion. Yeah, well, but she came with me, and, and, and it was great. And the thing that struck me, Pulling up to the to the Coliseum and, and parking in the lot, like I've done, you know, countless times. I couldn't even I couldn't even count how many Islander games I've been to in my life, starting when I was 16 years old. Right. I mean, I went I went before that with with my father, but not very often. When I could finally drive myself, I went to that place a lot. Yeah. Um, and this was the last time I was going to do it, just in case you know, in case something miraculous happens and you get to a playoff game, but. This was probably the last time I was going to do this whole thing yeah. of, you know, driving up the Meadowbrook Parkway and coming around Earl Ovington Boulevard and passing the Nassau, Nassau Community College and seeing the Coliseum on my left, making the U-turn around and into the parking lot. And the last time I was doing this and I was just I, I like I wasn't really talking too much to my wife and right. she kind of she kind of understood what was going on i was just i was really just taking the whole thing in and everybody was just so happy right everybody was just there was no stress going into that game because the, you were in the playoffs this right. wasn't going to be the last game there yep. coliseum wasn't closing that night and because it wasn't closing that night it was free to celebrate right and that was such a huge thing i mean the tailgaters everywhere, everywhere, more tailgaters than I've ever seen before. People were, were just were just really just happy about everything. When we walked inside, when we finally got inside the Coliseum, there were families you could see, like a father, a mother, and two grown kids. Right. And you know that that family has been going to that Coliseum for 30 years. Yep, they've had season tickets and they were going for thirty. I mean, people greeting ushers that they've known for years. Sure, Hug, people were hugging, people were crying. It was just, it was just an overwhelmingly emotional experience. Yeah, and this is before the game even started. Right, and then they, and then they trot out the bagpipers. Yeah, <laughs> texted you. I'm like, come on. Before the game, and you know the significance of them, right? That. Significance of the bagpipers? No. Yes. Okay. There was a significance to it. All right, but sir. There's a reason why they were, it wasn't that they were they were trying to make it as dramatic as possible. Okay. The reason why the bagpipers were there was because back in the 80s, the, those bagpipers 
played during the parade down Hampstead Turnpike. Oh, okay. When they won the Stanley Cup. So they brought them back. Very good. Um, so they had the bagpipers, and they had Jigs McDonald all Jigsy. of a sudden yeah. showed up. I mean, nobody – we now you on TV knew that he was there, but we at the at the arena had no idea. And right. all of a sudden, Jigs starts talking – from Roger Luce's PA box yeah. down on the ice. It's like, whoa, how did he get there? Like, yeah. it was like, you know, like one of those magician tricks. Right. Nobody knew that he was the master ceremonies. Like, like the bagpipers, you know, misdirected everybody and he snuck by and <laughs> there's Jigs. And then Jigs narrated everything. We got a video tribute from Bill Torrey. They did a huge yep. montage on the screen and everybody just was, was going bananas. And it was, it was as emotional an experience at a sporting event that I've ever had, um, other than being at Shea Stadium for closing, you know, closing right. Shea Stadium down, and that was emotional in so many other ways. Yeah, because they lost the last game of the season and missed the playoffs. Right, and it, it wasn't the, it, it wasn't collapse. Yeah, it wasn't supposed to be the last game ever in Shea Stadium. No, and what struck me about it was at Shea Stadium they did the ceremony after the game. Yeah, which was which was just. The craziest thing. I, could, I couldn't even watch it. I couldn't. I mean, the, the the biggest takeaway from that was Howard Johnson, who had just coached yeah. that last game, lost, missed the playoffs, and now he's out there in full uniform right. crying, and now he's got to celebrate Chase Stadium. Right. It's ridiculous. This way here, with the Islanders, they did it all at the beginning. Yep. And it was just it was it was something else. Wait, are you really telling me the Mets did something wrong from a PR standpoint? Yes, I find that very hard to believe. It is hard to believe because they're usually spot on. Yeah, they're usually so into it. I'm, right I'm so glad you went to to the Coliseum. That's very cool. Yeah, it was it was because um, I because I had I had really just been so down on them the last two weeks of the season. Yeah. I I was convinced that they were going to blow it. They were they were choking it away. I was angry at their effort. I just it it it, it took this season, which I've talked about here many times. This had become like a real special season to me. Yeah. And they were doing so well, and like it was the season was getting ruined for me. Yeah. This great season that I have I haven't had a season like this in sports in, in I can't remember. It was getting ruined at the end. And uh, and they kind of saved it. They saved it with that win against Pittsburgh on Friday night. Yeah. Because they really like, they showed up to play and they were a completely different team. And then Saturday, last game at the Coliseum regular season, I said, I, I, I have to be there. So I went, and it was good. I'm glad I went. And now I'm back in. So. Yeah, and it's funny because Jack Capuano was on with Francesa today, which is bizarre. It was just so strange to hear. A guy we know very well, but like nobody knows in New York sports what Jack Capuano sounds like, unless right. you're an Islander fan. Right. And so it's so weird to hear. It's not like he, you know, doing a regular spot on ESPN Radio. I mean, the Islanders are on Hofstra Radio. You know, that's a that's uh, so anyway. Weird to hear him on with Francesa anyway. And he said a number of things that sort of stuck out to me, but one of them was along the lines or along the lines with what you're saying was, Jack, it's been a, it's been a special year. It's a special, you know, everybody's uh, doing it, you know. And Capuano said, we weren't going to not make the playoffs. Like we were, that was our, sing, our singular focus at the beginning of the year. 
was to make this a special year there. And you got that from them all year. Yeah, that the, the, we we were not gonna we were not gonna miss the playoffs. Basically, was what he said. Like that's we that was it. We set our goal. Everybody, you know, nobody uh, gave us much uh, chance to do it in the media. We didn't care. There was no chance we were not going to make this a special season at the Coliseum. No chance. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought that was kind of cool. Cappy, Cappy did a nice job on with Francesa, Cal. He did. So he did. I think he elbowed up the the Boston a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> the Massachusetts dialect. I think he elbowed it up a little bit. Battle hard, and you know they were. If we just play to our system, battle hard. I'll take your test, Nam. Um, <laughs> come on, Herb. James, uh, Jim Craig. Actually, that's my impression of Jim Craig is always uh, what's his name doing Jim Craig in Miracle. Oh yeah, it's, yeah. Uh... <laughs> what's his name? He was on Friends. Uh, Kelsey Grammer. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Good Her- job. Thanks. Kelsey Grammer played Jim Craig in that movie, right? Yes, I thought so. Definite stunt casting there. Right. I feel like mm. <laughs> David Hyde Pierce would not have worked. So we're playing the Russians. Jane leaves. Jane leaves also in Miracle. I love how we're recasting this movie in the worst way possible. With just the cast of Frasier. With just the cast of Frasier, right. They're going to they're gonna play all the roles. <laughs> Mahoney, of course, will be uh, Herb Brooks. Herb Brooks, of course. He could actually probably pull that off. He's that good. And then there was the other woman. I don't know who that was. Yeah, whoever that was. Right. There was another woman on the show, you know, Roz. And, and of course, there was Roz. It was her name. Her name was Roz on the yeah, show. Yeah, that was his producer. Right. I don't know who she was in real life. And there was Maris, who, much like Vera, we never saw. Never saw Maris. Right. Right. Do you remember what Vera's one line was on Cheers? PJ does. Was it... Um, well, how do you like that? That's not it. <laughs> wasn't that, huh? <laughs> the roast is in the oven. Close. Oh. Not no. really. No, I don't know. Nice friends, Norm. Oh. It was the Thanksgiving episode. Right. Where they have the food fight. And Vera yeah, walks in. Right. Takes a pie to the face. Right. You never see her face. Uh, then it goes to the created by with the burrows and yeah. And you just hear over that nice friends, Norm. Very clever. Very. Whose voice was it? Clever. I don't know. It was Jane Leaves. Jane Leaves. Okay. Yeah, she gets she a lot a lot of work. <laughs> um, you never knew Vera was British. Correct. She moved to the Mets. Uh yeah, why not? The hottest team in baseball? Um five straight you, wins. You might be right. Okay. Who's better than the Mets right now? No one. 7 and 3. Can we H- beat 7 and 3? How are you um feeling about your 10 and 27 prediction for the first 27 game or 10 and 17 prediction for the first 27 games? Was it 10 and 17 that I that I said? <laughs> Unfortunately, we have the we have the tape. Ten and seventeen. Ten and said. seventeen. You said right, and they're seven and three right now, so they have to go three and fourteen. 
Correct. Next 17 games? Yep. Yeah, I feel good about that. You still feel good about it. I'm sticking to it. I love your pessimism. I'm a man of conviction. Uh, I'm just kidding. No, I it's no. I don't I don't feel good about that at all. Well, look, I explained this to a buddy of mine, our buddy uh, uh Brian, uh, who's a big Met fan in my office. I've I've referenced him a number of times. And he he said to me, uh, "Hey, how's Cal feeling about that 10 and 27?" Or a ten and seventeen, you know, after the first twenty seven. I said two things. You have to understand, A, Cal's egging them. He's noodling them. He's 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 goosing them there. I was. I was a giving him the business. But B, even if he wasn't, it would thrill him to no end if they were seventeen and ten. I would love to be wrong. We would love to be wrong. Love to be wrong. So far, they're proving me wrong. We're not fans like that. We don't want to be right no. for the sake of success of the team, or at the cost of success for the team. So I said, and he's like, "Oh no, you know." I said, "A lot of Met fans are that way. Jet fans are that way about players or their team. Like they'd rather be right about a player and have him suck than be wrong and have the team be successful. We're not like that. Nope. Nope. Our not pe- at all. Our pessimism was because." We didn't feel like they had done enough to be competitive. Prove us wrong. I would be thrilled. Thrilled. Well, guess what? You know, through 10 games, they're doing a pretty good job of trying to prove us wrong. A dang fine job. I am not, not going to stand here and say they have proved us wrong. Especially because you're already, sitting. I'm sitting. I'm not standing. I am sitting. It's not, they're not a 90-win team. They've still got a long way to go to be a playoff team be a 90-win team. Yep. But what they've done in the first 10 games is nothing less than impressive. They've done I'll be, it. I'll be the first to admit it. Yeah, and there's a lot of elements to it. You know, David Wright goes down with a hamstring. He's going to be gone at least three weeks, so that's a big blow. Um, uh, that was two games ago. Uh, you know, they've they've uh, survived. They Jerry Mejia to the PED suspension. They lost uh, Mejia to the PED suspension, which they came out and said... I, I liked what Wright did. I did. I liked what Wright did there. Um, uh, you know, coming out and, and being the captain and saying how disappointed they were in him and, you know, um, really admonishing him. I thought that was good. They uh, survived some rocky outings from Dylan G, some rocky outings from, you know, rocky outing from John Neese. Um they're doing it in in pretty impressive fashion. They're not hitting a ton of extra bases. Michael Kadire has been, you know, what is advertised? He's a professional hitter. He's gotten some big hits in big spots. Uh, Curtis Granderson has done a nice job in the leadoff spot. You know, his OBP is over 400. So he's getting on base. Um, they've done a nice job. They've done a nice job. And, of course, Harvey and DeGrom are going to develop into, hopefully, develop into this idea where you're going to win three out of four of their starts uh, because they're so good. So if you can kind of piece together, you know, wins in those back three starts with Nice, G, and Cologne, you can start – you know one, one thing we've always talked about, and Familia has stepped in and been the closer and been fine, which you right. love. Well, I love him. Got another save tonight. Remember, we've talked so often about how important your three, four, five starters are if you have two aces at the top of the rotation, and specifically your four and five starters. 
Like you need to get competent pitching out of your four and five stars to win those games to go on streaks. That's how you go on streaks. Right? Your one and your two guys are going to be givens. They're going to keep you in a ball game, and you'll have a good chance of winning those games, even if you do it after they're out of the game, because they're going to keep you close. But your four and five guys, like you've got to win those games to go on streaks. And they have. They won five in a row. Yeah. And that's how you build a 90-win season. They won five in a row, and three of those games were not well-pitched. No. You know? Yep. You, you, and one of them was Harvey's. One of them was Harvey's. You build, you, you win five here, and then, you know, six there, and then four here, and then seven there. You, you, you know, you don't go on prolonged losing streaks because you have those two stoppers. You should never have more than a three-game losing streak with that pitching staff. So here's here's a couple of takeaways in the first two weeks of the season. All I right, have. a couple of takeaways. This is uh, we're going to call this extra innings. <laughs> Dime savings back, back again. Yeah. Um, the the first thing is there's like a quiet confidence about them. Yes, you're watching them, and other other than their their buffoon manager that keeps running his mouth about, you know, they're going to be, they got to get used to the atmosphere and be there on October 1st. And, you know, he's, he's the only one that's really saying anything. None of the players are talking like that. They're just putting their head down and they're doing their thing. They're not celebrating excessively. You know, they're not showboating. They're not taking anything for granted. They are just playing hard. They're playing hard baseball, good, good, solid baseball. And doing it in a Bisman, Bisman-like fashion. <laughs> What's a Bisman now? A Bisman-like fashion is just putting your head down and going about your job as if it's your job. Is, would that be B-I-Z-M-E-N? Bisman? Uh, B-U-S-M-A-N. It's Busman. You'd think it would be Busman. You Bisman. would think that. Yeah, no, it's pronounced Bisman. Very well, then. Right. John Bisman. John Bisman. <laughs> Right, it's, it's he's the one that coined the phrase. Yes, I remember that. You remember John Bisman, right? Very famous, coined the phrase. He had a very thick beard, Bisman like like fashion. Right, and he was very serious all the time. Very serious. Never made a joke. Nope. Never, not once. Handled his work in a very Bisman like fashion. That's he, where that comes from. Right. He carried a briefcase. John Jacob Bisman, I believe, was his name. Correct. John, well, I knew he was John J. Bisman. I didn't know his middle name was Jacob. <laughs> Jacob, indeed. John J. Bisman. <laughs> They thought about it in a John J. Bisman fashion. <laughs> but that's what strikes me about this team. That was a serious guy. Um, yeah, I totally agree. Right? Um, the other thing that's striking me, and again, could not be more thrilled to have been so wrong about Bartolo Colon. Yeah, he just keeps that guy just keeps proving you wrong though. He, I mean, it's almost like it's his mission to just complete. I when they signed him last year, yes, I thought it, I was furious. You had a field day with him right Complete, here, right here on this program. Completely irrationally furious. You had potato sack races. You <laughs> had uh, you had, you had a there was a dunking booth. Right, right. It was, you uh, had a complete field day. We were juggling. There was. It was there was a relay race, I believe, at some point. Honey, come here. I want to tie your leg to my leg. <laughs> We're going to run. This is a three-legged what are you race. Doing? Bartolo Colon just signed with the Mets. I am having a field day. And I've been, I, I've been wrong. I was wrong all last year about him. Put this, pin, games. put this penny on. <laughs> we are having a field day for Bartolo Colon. 
Uh, pass the orange slices. Pass. <laughs> Please. Yes, you were wrong last year. And, I, and even more wrong You're this year. You're back again. <laughs> he's been fantastic this year. And he's developing into sort of a cult hero with this team. Yep. And I'm okay with it. He should be. He's fun. Right? He, I, I, I see. Let me ask you this question seriously. Watching that fat bastard run around the bases is fun. I'm <laughs> sorry. It's fun. I, I'm going to give uh, – you're a little more rational about him than I am. Has he been fun since last year, and I'm just noticing it now? I'm afraid he has. All right. Yeah, I'm afraid he has. Okay. Well, he's fun. He so I'm, getting a, I'm, get, I'm getting a kick out of him, too. And, and, and this team li- seems to like each other, too. Well, I have a I – have, uh, let me piggyback on that because – Yeah, I'm done. It's your – The, the moment uh, – thank you, Senator. The uh, – there was a huge moment in, that, in, in the game the other night, in the Harvey game, that I don't think you can undersell. That's not the word. Um, underestimate? Underestimate. When Matt Harvey hit Chase Utley completely on purpose after two Mets had been hit earlier in the game in a spot where it was the perfect spot, like, Utley knew it was it was two outs, man on second, tight yeah, ball game. Third. Or on third, thank you. A man on third, tight ball game, Ryan Howard on deck. Utley already has a home run and a single in the game. Um and he, he drilled him in the back. I mean he threw the ball behind him, hit him in the back, didn't throw at his head. Did you buy the theory that Keith Hernandez or I it was Keith Iran had where cause Dan Worthen came out to the mound to talk to him right before that happened. And, the th- oh, you probably weren't listening to the to the commentary. So, Warden came out. They had a meeting. Yeah, out, yeah Warden when, came when out right before Utley came to, came to the plate. Right. And Warden, and all you see is Warden talking and Harvey just going, okay, okay. So you're saying okay. Warden ordered the code red? No. The theory that, I can't remember if it was Keith or Ron, was... Worthen told him to walk him. And Harvey was like, yeah, okay, I'm going to walk him. Right. Oh, sure, yeah. And then the first and then pitch he drilled, he drilled him. The first pitch. I could see I, that. Which I totally bought. I could totally believe that. Yeah, no, I'm going to walk him. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Because then we went back and watched. I had it recorded, so I went, I went back and watched Harvey. Yeah. And he was just so dismissive of, of like, and Warden's like running his mouth, and he was all animated. And Harvey right. was just like, okay, yeah, yeah okay. I, I got it. All right, uh, got it. I'm going to drill him in the back. <laughs> the, what you said is not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, old man. Head back to the dugout. <laughs> the great thing is, like, Dan Worthen's only, like, 45. He looks like, he, <laughs> looks like he's 70. No, that's Kadire. Yeah. No, the, the, this was huge. This is a huge moment. Chase Utley has been taking liberties, running Mets on double plays, and, and and I love the way Chase Hutley plays the game. I understand that he plays a, a brand of baseball that is frowned upon by some. Uh, but also, Philly's pitchers have been hitting the Mets for years. For Everybody years. in the league's been hitting the Mets for years, and nobody, they never, nobody they never do anything about it. Nobody does a thing about it. You know, unless it's Jordani Valdespin, and then you don't want to defend him. He's supposed to get drilled. Right, they, they hang him out to dry. Correct. They put Danny Valdespin up there to get hit. They put him up in a, in a spot where they know someone's going to get hit, and they pinch hit him. Right. So, so, so did you find it? You found it symbolic then, too, right? More I than did. anything. 
I did. I found it completely symbolic. And then the fact that it was Harvey that did it was huge. Yeah. Because Harvey's saying, no more. You don't throw at my guys. And you know what? Utley knew it was coming. Utley knew he wasn't getting walked. And he was fine about it. Yep. Fine, you know? Yep. I thought that was a huge moment in this season. And I got – that game the other night was a bizarre game. The game had everything, that Mets-Phillies game the other night. And I got to – I got to be honest, like Karen and Goodfellas, it turned me on. I was in. I was in after that moment. I was. Wow. I was very close to in. If if the Islanders were not in the playoffs and my complete and primary focus right now, I would be very much into the Mets because that was a seminal moment for me, for this team. Yeah. Brian, how often have we talked about Harvey being a franchise-changing pitcher, like a Tom Seaver? You know, a guy who says, we've been losing for a long time, no more. Not when I'm pitching, no. Right, and it's one guy that has the ability to change that mentality. When I am pitching, we are the best team in baseball. Start playing like it. And we're not going to take anything from anyone. And the fact that it was Utley is just so symbolic. It was perfect. Yeah. The only thing that would have been better was if it was Shane Victorino still on the Phillies. <laughs> you know, the only other Philly it would have been better with would, would have been Rollins or Shane Victorino. So, very big moment in that. I'm extraordinarily pleased. Extraordinarily so. And I'm gonna and I'm gonna give you tonight's game. As a as a as a seminal moment in this season right yep. now, because this was a game that okay maybe they lose this game they've won four in a row yep all right they go down three nothing to the Marlins the Marlins are a tough team and they came back they tied it at three three they went down four three they took the lead five four they lost five five they came back and scored two more seven so every time you thought that they were down they kept coming back yep showed a lot of resiliency tonight. And and they now have their longest winning streak since May of 2013. At five games. And there's two teams better than them right now. Two teams well, with a better start. You know, Wilmer Flores does not seem to be... I got to tell you, the kid's taking a beating. You know, he's he's off to an extraordinarily slow start. He's really, you know, struggling with the bat. He had a couple of error-filled games. And he just doesn't... I don't care. And he hits a three-run home run night uh, tonight to tie the game. Like, Wilmer Flores is like, I don't care. I don't sweat you. He's like Pauly and Rocky. <laughs> I don't sweat you. He doesn't. No, he's 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 learning on and the he, job. And he's going to need to. And is Lucas Duda? I my mea culpa. Yeah, right. I apologize, big fella. Sheesh, kabibble. It's something about his the look in his eyes too. Looks like a different player. Same with Darno. Right. Same with Darno. Yep. Darno. Could he have any more quotes about like great playing in front of New York? Uh, you know, the New York fans. The other yeah. night after that game, fantastic, Darno. Yeah, Darno. Um, Darno needed the confidence boost that he got last year by playing well in the second half of the season. Yep. He entered this season completely different from how he entered last season. And it's going to be very quick that he becomes a real leader on this team. I think so, too. I think so, too. And he took a collar tonight and you know, in a game where they scored a lot of runs. It's okay. 
You know, kid comes but, back tomorrow, right back well, after it. He only threw out the fastest man in baseball That's trying it. to steal second base. Yep. Throughout D. D Gordon Sewing. So, really good stuff for the Mets. Um, You know, it's so nice to just look at baseball, Cal. Again, like I'm not not going on Twitter. I'm not doing posts and pregame shows and quotes and just watching ballgames. It's really nice. And they're playing good baseball, which which makes it even better. Yeah, it's really nice. It's It's a nice leisurely break from the stress of Islander hockey and Islander playoff hockey. Because I love it. I love it. I love the playoff hockey, Cal, but it's, man, it's stressful. It really is. All right, how you feel? You want to talk about the Yankees? I don't think we need to. Draft's in two weeks, Brian. Yeah. NFL draft is in two weeks, and things have gotten nuts. Can we just real quick with Rex Ryan? Real quick. Sure. Are you serious? Me? No, Rex Ryan. Oh. I mean, come on. Come on. I don't even care about what he's saying. It's the same crap. It's but that's but that's just Rex being Rex. That's no, who he is. It's the reaction in the media. Now well, all of a sudden he's great for the NFL and he's fun and he's a confident leader of men and and we all know what a confident Rex Ryan can do. Really? Really? What can he do? Because that wasn't the case. Well, according to Mike Florio, he leads teams to back-to-back AFC Championship games. Oh, now they're starting to use that now. Yeah, yeah, that's it's okay to use that now. He's oh, because yeah, to... yeah, as of last year, you that didn't count. No, and really, Rex, shut up about a couple. I mean, shut up with it. everything was everybody else's fault. Did you coach the games? Well, I wanted to draft Martavius Bryant. Did you really? Did you really? And you got overruled, but nobody overruled you for Taj Boyd. They let you have that one. That was okay. Come on. Hey, look, it, this is who he is. We yep. needed. It was time for a change. It was time for him oh, to move on. So delightful not to have to defend that. I mean, shut up. Yeah, and he's moved on. That's fine. Let him. Let him go. It's going to be the same thing. The same thing in Buffalo is going to happen that happened here. Oh, they're going to be huge darlings and favorites to make the playoffs. Yep. And, yep. You know. Uh, oh, forget about it. It doesn't matter. He doesn't have a quarterback. It doesn't matter. Because Rex is, you know, such an exceptional coach when he has right. a great defense. Really? Is he? Yeah, and players will run through a wall for that guy. Run through a wall for him. Well, they will now. We'll see you in two years. Yep. When you don't hold them accountable for anything. It wasn't even like what Jason Morrow said was that bad. He didn't know. He didn't say anything bad. And he was the third guy to say it. I noticed he didn't, Rex didn't attack Demario Davis or Muhammad Wilkerson, who, wow. bo- who both also said that there wasn't, there was a lack of accountability for players in practice. Well, Morrow's a rookie, so he's obviously yeah. the one that's going to be targeted. Yeah, well, Rex hopes he kicks them out of him. I mean, are you, a, are you a football coach? And Buffalo Bills fans, who I know a number of, are hilarious right now. They love him, right? Oh, welcome to the family, Rex, and it's Bills family now. And uh, this was mysteriously absent <laughs> the last six years when he was coach of the Jets. You same fans were telling me quite often, why doesn't your fat coach shut up? 
Never won anything. All he is is bluster. Yeah, he's your coach now. All of a sudden, it's not bluster. Buffalo bluster. Yeah, all of a sudden, though, it's okay, though. All yep. of a sudden, it's great. He's refreshing. He's a personality. Yeah. The NFL needs him. Yeah, they sure do. Well, the the draft is in two weeks. The Jets, uh, we're, we're obviously going to get into the draft. We're doing the huge draft show. If you're in the New York City area, please come to it at Five Mile Stone on 85th and 2nd Avenue. It's going to be fantastic. The guys from Turn on the Jets, Gunhill Brewery, providing the award-winning craft beers. Uh, the guys from Seat Swap are going to be there. We're going to get a call from the Mike Francesa impersonator, Mike Zong. Okay. All right. Enormous. It's going to be an enormous call. Um, the Islanders will uh, hopefully be playing. Um, <laughs> and it's going to be a great time. 7.30, 5 Mile Stone in New York City. So what we have, we again, I can't get into the draft yet. I'm, I'm doing it piecemeal, but the Islanders, are they're everything right now. My focus is on the New York Islanders and the Islanders organization. And so uh, there you go. Okay, we good? Yep. You feel great about it? Should we do no? Stop. No. Oh. Should we do the exit music now? I feel like we should be doing the exit music now. And yeah. Then the with, fun load music. Right. With a final unload. With a final yeah. unload. Yeah, I thought about that last week. Did like, you? Yeah, I did because I'm like, why am I? Or two weeks ago. Why am I doing a final unload about sports after we just talked about waffles for half an hour? <laughs> hey, do me a favor. Next time you think about that, a little interoffice email wouldn't kill anybody. Nah, it was two weeks ago, and then last week we had technical difficulties, so it didn't come up. Gee whiz. Let's do it. All right. Go ahead. Take your final unload. Do so it. Does MPJ doesn't get a final unload? He does get a final unload. Oh. He gets the last one ah. in this scenario. Hey, Chicago Cubs third baseman Mike Olt broke his hand tonight. That's sad. Bad news for Mike Olt. Good news. For hot prospect Chris Bryant, who's getting called up like three days before he's supposed to be called up. <laughs> good news, good news for baseball. Great news for Chris Bryant. Not so great news for the Cubs. And fantasy baseball owners everywhere rejoice. Rejoicing at Mike Olt's misfortune. Yes. And my final unload is. Hey, Matt. Good job. Thanks, guys. I've been able to just dip my toe in the water, just watch here or there, catch a couple innings, watch the Mets Express on SNY in the mornings. Great. Mets in 60. Ah, it's, just, it's really nice. And you're winning. And I had a fantastic time at opening day on Monday. Good job. With... Big I did poly. not. Yeah, Cal did not. PJ, final unload. Well, as I said to you before the show started, I don't like the uh, instant replay in baseball. It drove my son out of the room watching the Mets game. Then they had to do an uh, instant replay on the play at home plate, and it made the game longer and more boring, and he was gone. That was it. Interest in the game, gone. Take note. You hear that, Manfred? Man? Take note. All right. That's it for the uh, sports portion. Let's do this. Good night, everybody. Time for a fun load. Time for a fun load.
So maybe that Voice wasn't only. her uh, her only line. And then only the face in the pie episode, as you, as you named. Okay. So I was so Pretty she's cool. in three other ones. That's not so yeah, special. Yeah, maybe anymore. on the phone or something like that. Yeah. Right. But always played sure. by by Wentz wife. Wentz wife. Yeah. Wentz wife. Wentz wife. Wentz wife. Wentz wife. Pete Wentz's wife. Pete Wentz's wife. Weird. Ashley Simpson. Answer me this. Um, Ashley Simpson was Vera. Wait. <laughs> I bet you nobody knew That's that. True. Does everybody know that uh, Jason Sudeikis is George Wentz's nephew? Ooh. Did you know that? Let me think about that. Let me think about that. No. Didn't know it. Yep. George Wentz's nephew. George Wentz's sister, Jason Sudeikis' mom. Yep. Now, what so do we think g- about George Wentz? Love George Went. Do we love George Went in anything outside of Cheers? Gung Ho. But then he played George Went still. (laughs) Saturday Night Live. Okay. One of the the Swirskys. Any other movies there? He was in House. House MD? No, no, no. Remember the. uh... The uh, Haunted House parody movie, House. We counted that. Bill Katz in that? It was a major movie. Okay. There's your famous cat, by the way. (laughs) Bring it all around. Good night. William Cat. (laughs) The famous cat. Believe it or not. Is Bill Cat really famous? William Cat? Yes. Also, also the original Pippin, I might add, on Broadway. No, that's not, not. He's not unfamous. He's not forgotten. That is too, William Cat. He was in Pippin in the original oh, cast. Right. I don't believe he was the first. He was in the original I cast. The I think he was the first. Yeah. Him and and Carrie, right? And Carrie, of course. He's pretty famous, that Bill Cat. Featuring uh, Carrie also had a young, uh, almost unknown L. Ron Hubbard. George Wendt. Wait, what? Oh. I don't know. A young, Young, unknown unknown L. Ron Hubbard. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell? Am I getting that wrong? I think you're getting that wrong. Yeah, I don't think Carrie was reading Dianetics. (laughs) 
in the uh, in the gymnasium. He'd hardly Ever be unknown Carrie? at that time. No. Do you read Stephen How King books? Do we have to do this? I don't read scary books. I don't see scary movies. I don't think it was scary. No, you I don't. don't huh? I don't think we've ever discussed you reading a scary book as opposed to a scary movie. We have. You won't. You don't. Re- okay, you won't read anything scary. No, <laughs> I don't like being scared okay. in any way, shape, or form. All right. Well, I was simply asking because it's my opinion that Carrie, uh, as a book, is awful. Really? <laughs> don't water it down. Okay. Inexcusable. That's you're, that's very bad. very strong. That I feel that's very strong. Any defenders of Carrie are welcome to call in. I will not screen. We'll put you right on the air. The phone lines are lighting up right now. <laughs> I think they're remaking that, or did they remake it already? They remade that one already. No, but the reason I bring up Sudeikis is, and we did do the reboot episode fun load last week, which I will put up, I promise. Everything should be rebooted. Is, guess what Jason Sudeikis is set to star in? A remake of. Don't say cheers. No, that would be way Dung too... Dung Ho. Wait, yes, that's correct. Uh, House with William Cat. The great thing is, <laughs> is B.D. B. Wong's going to be in Gung Ho again. He's going to do Pippin, yes. Uh, Gotta find my corner of the sky. Gosh, I hate I that did music. not hear that song enough when people were auditioning in front of me. Do not care for that musical. Oof. Oh, man. Well, it it's the musical you fall in love with if you hear it when you're 12. <laughs> and for that year... And that year alone, you're allowed to be in love with it. It's important. After that, and then because you know all the words, you then bring that with you to college and audition for all of your shows with that song. No, you don't. Killing. You, you the did. Director inside. <laughs> no, I would never. Don't you feel like it would have been better if it was a, like a one man, autobiographical story as told by Scotty Pippen? The answer is unequivocal. Now I want to see that. Yes. <laughs> I mean, he would all the all times the... I fell down. Yeah. All the songs. All the times I him. took a dive. Gotta find my jump shot <laughs> from fifteen. And he's just up. He's just up there. He's wearing like suit pants, but he's wearing his basketball jersey. Every team has their season. Every team has its time. There you go. Pippin. Pippin, starring One Man Show with NBA legend Scottie Pippin. A Night with Scottie Pippin. (laughs) Don't talk to me about Michael. I don't want to hear that name. You see, there's something there. I think we're on to something here. Where? <laughs> it's a bunch of one-line songs. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
Well, he's got a lot of stories. The show to is tell over in, in 14 minutes. I don't know what I saw. I loved it. <laughs> the remake reboot for Jason Sudeikis is. Oh, we're still on that. Well, I haven't said it yet. Give me an era. <laughs> it's related to George Wendt? It's not related to George Wendt. He's related to George Wendt. <laughs> the remake. Oh, I thought the whole thing was that you were tying it into George Wendt. The remake has nothing to do with George Wendt, to my knowledge. Well, I feel misled. No. Does, cool does it have something to do with Stephen King? <laughs> Again, Stephen King may get involved in the project at some point. It's doubtful, but no, at this can time. You, can you give us the era of the original movie that he's remaking? Yes, the 80s. Yes. Can just Mid, be more clear in general? Because I think... Mid-80s. Mid-80s, yes. he's remaking Working show. Girl. The Cosby Show is absolutely <laughs> incorrect. <laughs> and offensive, I feel like. I feel like it's a little offensive. He's got all the sweaters. Come on. Working girl? No. Who is he playing in work? This is he's been cast in a lead part. He's playing he's the Davy Coleman girl. role. What beat? Nine to five. Oh, I'm sorry. Is it no. nine to five? Get off Dabney Coleman. He is not doing he's not remaking a Dabney Coleman. They're remaking movie. Buffalo Bill? They are not. That's with Rex Ryan. <laughs> They're remaking Buffalo Bill with Rex Ryan and all that stuff. And all that stuff. That was something we never thought about remaking. He's remaking never. Enemy Mine with Kevin Hart as the alien. Okay. I wish. Okay. Is this not going how you expected? <laughs> this, is, this is going precisely how I expected, which is... Which is you just meant to, no, you guys. This is going to set us off on a track. I feel like set a course for adventure. Yes, very heavy love. Mind on a new romance. Once again, topical as always, referencing love boats over and over again. Yes, it's fair to say this is a comedy of the right? millennium. Wait, hold on. <laughs> Your favorite artist of the millennium is Paul Williams. Yeah. I love you're that gonna, guy. You're going to stick with that. Wait, it's a new millennium, though. So you haven't so put anything artist. new out in the 2000s? Well, no, Imagine? just start now and go back a thousand years. That's, that's it. Favorite artist. It's a rolling millennium. I understand. Your favorite artist. Yes, it's a rolling millennium. That's right. Of the aughts is Paul Williams. Love Paul who Williams. Has not, who has not released any new material in this millennium. Not true. I, Not I true beg, at all. I beg your pardon. Did I miss a Paul Williams uh, was, album? Because I I never do. He's he was just on the Daft Punk album, the one with Get Lucky. Was he really? Yeah. Is hey. there is there any truth to the rumor that Paul Williams is the same person as Oliver from the Brady Bunch? There is no truth. Okay, I just made that up. You were just yeah. dreaming that was the truth. They're very similar looking. Very similar looking. They are. But Paul Williams is, in fact, as old as our fathers. The prayer? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's a long time. <laughs> so you're saying Paul Williams is biblical. What did you say? 
He says the rosary every night is what I'm saying. <laughs> He's as old as the Our Father. That is... Wow. Um... Sudeikis, mid-80s movie. Yep. Oh, man, you're killing me. If you were, there were any going movies to be... in the mid-80s? I, I don't think there were. Weird science. No. I was confident about that, too. You felt great about it. I did. Ooh, Jason Sudeikis playing in Weird Science. <laughs> the Anthony Michael Hall part or the that, other guy part? See, that's the piece that I'm not considering. He's only he's only 18 years too old to play one of those two parts. This was a movie in the 80s or a TV show? Movie. One of the reasons that this is going to to really sit with you guys is if we were making a list of movies from the 80s and remaking them. Caddyshack. You were, you're getting warm now. Caddyshack. Easy two. money. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but somebody should remake Easy Money because it's a completely underrated movie. Back to school. Get off Dangerfield. Okay. I really thought we had hit it with Dangerfield. I'm just, just rolling those out. Caddyshack is very warm. Um, in fact, the golf if, movie. If I no, if I was remaking Caddyshack, didn't come. It's getting so annoying <laughs> with me now. Legend of Bagger Vance. Did come. If I was remaking Caddyshack, I'd probably cast Jason Sudeikis in it. Yo, yeah, oh, for sure, right? Right. Hint, hint. Um. So if I were remaking this, I would probably cast Jason Sudeikis in it. What? I don't, I don't follow that one. I'm sorry. Who would Jason? Who would you? Who would you cast Jason Sudeikis if you were as in, in a remake the of Caddyshack? In your head, that you know is the right That's answer. Nice. You're saying that you would cast Jason Sudeikis. No. How is that a clue? What is wrong with you? If you were remaking Cat, and I heard that, PJ, how dare you? If you were remaking Caddyshack, because I'm being very clear, if you were remaking Caddyshack tomorrow, right, how many roles are there to fill? There's... All of them, I think. Ted Ted Knights, Chevy right. Chase, yeah. um, Bill Murray, Bill Murray, yep. and, uh, and uh, William O'Keefe, right? Okay. Rodney Dangerfield, William O'Keefe. Fletch. Thank you. Got it. You know how I got to that? Yes, because you would cast Jason Sudeikis as Chevy Chase in Caddyshack. That's right. I used that analogy and applied that to... That's the, why I was saying you were warm. And that worked out well. Fletch. He's remaking Fletch. Correct. And now how? what, what course are we now on? Rodney, the so, uh, Chevy Chase movies? No. He said it was going to set us off onto a... I don't think that's going to work. Okay. (laughs) Sudeikis is Fletch? No, I think that's a loser. Why is that a loser? Write this down. Okay. It's going to make no more than $60 million. A transcription of RTU Fun Load will be available for... (laughs) Send a self-estressed stamp envelope. That's right. $60 million? It doesn't make more. 
Why is that? Why do you think that's destined to fail? I thought that was kind of good casting. No one wants Fletch. If what? 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 Why doesn't anyone want Fletch? Nobody wants a zany private dick movie right now. Would it make more money if it was Ryan Reynolds? <laughs> Almost anything would make more money with Ryan we, Reynolds. You like Ryan Reynolds? I think it was probably about five months ago, myself and a couple of guys at work had a conversation about remaking Fletch. Not not even kidding. Like remaking Fletch. And the the two people that we just talked about, Jason Sudeikis was one that we all agreed would kill it. Ryan Reynolds was the other one. And there was a third one who whose name has been mentioned so far in the fun mode. And who would and who would sort of be stunt casting but could totally see doing it. Pete Went. No. George Went. <laughs> George Went who's in Fletch, by the way. And Vereen. George Went is That's in right, Fletch. He is. he is in Fletch. That's right. That's right. At the beach. Right. He's 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 gummy or whatever. He's the or the bum at the beach. No. It is not Ben Vereen. Kevin Hart. As Fletch? As Fletch. Hmm. Would Kevin uh, Hart... Uh, Kevin Hart has uh, more on-screen charisma than I thought he would have. How much did you think he would have? None. <laughs> I was I was worried that he'd be a washout. You know, like you know, the really great stand-up who turns out to be not such a great you know, movie actor. Right. Like Chappelle? Like Chappelle. I'm not, yeah. I'm not naming names. No, I am. Names. Like Chappelle? Oh, all right, go. Go ahead, go. No, well, I, he's the guy that I'm naming. The guy that was a great stand-up that could not act. The one guy? He's the singular failure? He's the only one. That's it. Amazing. Cautionary he ruined tale. it for everyone. <laughs> he didn't ruin it for anybody. He's just the one guy that that happened to. But why can Chappelle act in sketch and he couldn't act in a movie? Like like Rick James and Prince and I mean those are all you know tremendous. Yeah, sure. I mean, because it's a sketch. It's not a. He's not telling a story over ninety minutes. Yeah. Right. Right. Seven minute you know little sketch. He's fantastic. Half baked. Not so good. No. He did that movie. How about when when otherwise that movie was near perfect. <laughs> it was so close. It really was. It, really, all it was missing was a top-notch performance by Dave Chappelle. That would have really <laughs> probably... Probably, I, I smell an Oscar. Um, what about Will Ferrell as Fletch? Too goofy? Yeah, I don't think that would work. All right, sir. The course I was hoping uh, for it to set us on would be uh, just real quick castings of, of uh, remakes of, of the Chevy Chase stuff. Oh, sure. Oh, because we, we, we had a conversation about the four and, and you know, doing doing the whole movie. We had we had a conversation about Chevy Chase's big four when this news came out. Is Mount Rushmore of movies? Yeah. It would be Vacation, Fletch, um... Uh, Caddyshack and probably Foul Play. I put Foul Play on there. 
Yeah, foul play um, seems like old times, that little. you got to put something with him and Goldie, sure. Well, seems like old times, I feel like, gets confused with foul play. Because they both have Goldie Hawn and Charles Grodin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, wait, no, Charles Grodin's not in foul play, is he? He might be. I'm not sure. No, no. Seems like old times is when Chevy Chase is, like, staying above in their attic, right? Or above their garage or something like that, and it's his ex, Goldie Hawn's ex-husband. Charles Grodin's the new husband, right? I haven't seen scenes like seems like old times in a really long time. It's been a long time. It's been a while. Aren't these movies that Don't. our our parents love? Like my mother loves foul play. Loves it. Right? Foul foul play. Uh, uh, Dudley Moore, Brian Dennehy. Dudley Moore, tremendous scene. Tremendous scene when he takes Goldie Hawn back to his house. Burgess Meredith. Tremendous movie. It's a really, really good movie. So if you were recasting each of those, um, where would you go? And I thought Sudeikis for Fletch was really good. I would also kind of do him in Caddyshack because he could probably pull off the golf. I like Ryan Reynolds as, as a, if, you know, if you're trying, if you're, if you're not trying to reinvent the role, if you're trying to recapture a Chevy vibe, you know what? I think Ryan Reynolds is a good way to go. I agree. I'll go. Let's go, Ryan Reynolds and Fletch. Let's go, Sedakis in Caddyshack. And then Vacation. I wouldn't put either guy in in Vacation. Funny Farm. What about Funny Farm? Can we just talk about Funny Farm? Because it's so I good. love Funny Farm. All right, sir. <laughs> I love Funny Farm. Well, how about this? Where, at, at what point, what's, what's, what's the tipping point for Chevy for the steep drop-off in quality that everybody now refers to? So when does he jump the shark, basically? Yeah, the like last when, when do people start saying Chevy Chase isn't funny anymore? No, Christmas Vacation is magnificent. Right, yeah, but after that, I mean. They did another one after that? Oh, Vegas Vacation. No, mm-hmm. no, no. Vegas He's European. Mo- Chevy Chase movies after Christmas Vacation. Oh. I believe or not. Right. Here's let's take a look at this run, guys. Because this is this is pretty wild. Right, so he does foul play in '78. Old Oh Heavenly Dog, Caddyshack, Caddyshack, seems like old times. Under the Rainbow, great movie. Oh, great right, movie. The, the the Wizard of Oz movie. Yes, with Carrie Fisher. That's two movies with Billy Barty now. Yep, Modern Problems, National Lampoon's oh, Vacation. That's a movie Deal of the Century with one Eddie Murphy. Right. Sure. Fletch, European Vacation, Spies Like Us. I mean... Huge. Why did you skip over Follow That Bird? Sesame Street presents Follow That Bird. (laughs) Skipped over it. Thanks for calling me out on that. 
Um, that, was that a major release, though? Or was that straight to video? I, I saw that in the movie theater. No, you did not. I absolutely did. I swear to you. 1985, you were 11 years old. I was 11 years old. I was with my sister. I saw it in the movie theater. Oh, you have little sisters. That's fair. I, I do. But I think I use them as cover. <laughs> to go see Follow That Bird. Because otherwise it wouldn't, <laughs> it wouldn't have been acceptable. Spies Like Us. Three Amigos. Yeah. Yeah. The Couch Trip. Don't remember. Funny Farm. Awesome. Right. Here's where it starts to flip, I think. Caddyshack 2 never should have happened. Right. Fletch Lives, which is not bad. Christmas Vacation, which is tremendous. It was good. L.A. Story, but he's he's got a bit part in that. Nothing But Trouble, it's all going. This is where it starts to fall apart. Mm-hmm. Memoirs of the an Invisible 80s. Man. Really bad. Yes. Uh, cops and Robertsons. Now it's just it's all over. <laughs> is that the one with Burt Reynolds? I believe it is. No, with uh, Jack Palance. Oh, I'm thinking. I'm thinking of Cop and a Half. Uh, yes, you are. All right, so we have that's, we have a ten year. You always are. I always do. We have a ten year drought. We have a ten year career drought. Correct. Eighty eight to ninety eight. Because then in ninety eight. He comes crashing back in Dirty Work. And Wait. If, if if you didn't laugh yourself silly at Dirty Work, you weren't paying attention. Wow. You're Gee, doing wait. it wrong? You're doing it wrong? Are you giving you us the you did it wrong. it wrong? Wow, how dare you? That is rough. The, the, you take, come on, Norm MacDonald, Artie Lang, Chevy Chase and uh, what's the old guy? I don't know what is the other. The, uh, Jack Weston, isn't it Jack wow. Weston? Yes, Jack Warden, not Jack Weston. Jack Warden. Who the hell's Jack Weston? You, you are. I tell you what, we should get Jack, Jack Warden to play Jack Weston. I knew who he was talking about <laughs> too. That's the funny thing. <laughs> like I was picturing Jack Warden. Don Rickles. Don Rickles. Yeah, I, I've sort of forgotten that movie. I should see that again. Oh, it's funny. Yeah. It's sort of... Okay, sort okay of but he's, but he's a disaster of being unprofessional. That. <laughs> What's that? He falls apart after that again. He's getting bad projects after that, but not that he's being unfunny. Right, then he does Vegas Vacation. Oh, boy. Funny money. I mean, it's just... But then he goes and does series. And he does Chuck. And then he, he brings it all back together when he does Community, right? And Community was great. I, I don't know so. if you ever watched it. I did not watch Community. You did, right? Yeah, he was he was terrific on it. Okay. That's so he, But he's got a 10-year run in there that is fantastic. I mean, he's got a killer 10-year run in there. If you had to pick from Funny Farm, Christmas Vacation, I guess you're putting, you guys are putting Funny Farm on there, right? In the in the, in the the top four? 
I would put... I'm only a fan of the original Vacation. Me too. Christmas Vacation is really good. It's good, but I I don't add that to my fandom list. Okay. If we're talking about movies that I'm a fan of and I go, yeah, it's on, let's watch it, then it's only the original. Boy, if if I'm remaking that movie today, I'm not using Sudeikis, I'm not using Ryan Reynolds. I might one vacation. Yeah, I might use Farrell. Ashton Kutcher. Yeah, they just they just announced, didn't they, that that they are remaking. What's wrong with you? They are they are bringing uh, D'Angelo back and and Chevy Chase back for a new one. Oh, I thought they had a pilot. Didn't they have a TV pilot? Oh, is it a TV project? It's messing season, yeah. It's, it's, it's something. <laughs> it is. It's something in messing season. I think it's called Chev and Bev. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I think that's it. It's the social life for a pair of selfish retired baby booners is thrown for a loop when their grandchildren move in with them. Chev and Bev. Kid, kid you not. Oh, boy. Not I kid you not. That's not the name of the show. <laughs> I kid you not. I kid you not. I would. I no, 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 no. I'm talking about the remake of Vacation, where Ed Helms now plays Rusty. Oh, they did remake Vacation. You're absolutely right. And Ed Helms is. You're absolutely right, Peach. I apologize. Totally right. Okay, so that's a movie. That's a movie, and it's done. I'm looking at it right now. Yep. Done. It comes out. It comes it's out July 31st. In, well, oh, yeah. see, I'm in for that. I'm in. It is uh, uh, Leslie Mann is playing uh, his wife. Yep. No, Leslie no, Mann. Is, no, Leslie Mann is playing. playing yes, Leslie Mann is playing Audrey. Audrey. They're grown up. And the Griswolds are grown up. Back. Correct. That's his wife. No, Christina, stop. Everybody stop speaking. How can Ed you Helms, Beverly D'Angelo? Ed Helms is playing Rusty. Grown what did son. I say? Correct. You, you were thinking that they were remaking Vacation. They have not remade Vacation. Ed Helms is playing a grown-up Rusty. I didn't say they were remaking it. Did I say remake? Man, he's so defensive. I don't think I, th- I think you give bad clues, and I think you're a bad listener. There it is. You're being obtuse. It's fair. <laughs> <laughs> so Christina Applegate is Rusty Griswold's wife. Hello. Previously unseen. <laughs> Did you just say hubba hubba? Hummina hummina <laughs> hubba hubba. She kitty like. Anyway, I'll go see. Um, I'll go see that, but and I probably won't go see Fletch. That's just me. That's just me. I I don't know why you wouldn't see them both. I demand uh, to know why you wouldn't. Fletch see is going to need. It's going to need the right trailer. It's going to need the right thing to lead me to it. Speaking of trailers, I, I know what I did there. <laughs> did Joe Booth just go by? 
the Star Wars teaser trailer. Give me your thoughts. Give me your hopes. Give me your dreams. PJ, go. My God. Last time we talked about this, when the first one dropped, you you remember what I said. Nope. I said, I felt <laughs> nothing. I felt nothing. Oh, that's right, because I made you sing the song from Chorus, uh, from chorus Line. <laughs> you were shocked that Can I had reenact- no attachment <laughs> to the first trailer. Please? I will be performing my one-man chorus line uh, at the conclusion of the show. A one-man chorus line? I do all the parts. That is, that is going to be the most difficult one-man show ever <laughs> in the history of theater. Especially A since chorus line. the song from Chorus Line. A chorus line. <laughs> Just think about this concept. I'm going to play every theater cliche as hard as I can. That final kick line scene can be tough to pull off for one guy. Yes. And I really, feel like. But what, a, what better visual than me doing a kick line? <laughs> one. Singular, Singular sensation. Every man. step. I take <laughs> See? one singular human standing on a stage Dance and look three. Got the bingo, bango's done. Okay, why I know you, a few songs from Chorus why, why do you do it all in the fashion of like a <laughs> like Ethel It's Merman. the only way I know how to do it. I guess no, I don't. I don't know. Dance three looks <laughs> one. <laughs> And I felt nothing. The man said nothing. I need this job. Oh, God. I need this job. You know more than a couple of songs from Chorus Line, it appears. Apparently, I'm just going to do a complete Broadway review tonight. (laughs) (laughs) You just name the show. I'll do Into the Woods. Shall we? You felt nothing when you saw the first trailer. No, it did nothing for me. I was like, oh, here, there's more of this now. Wow. And and I realized that I was in the minority about that. Uh, but this one <laughs> caught me. I mean, it really got me. And it was like total adrenaline rush. Of course, it took me an eighth of a second. You know, when the voiceover started, I went, oh. <gasps> That's Luke. And I think mm-hmm. that's why it got me. And then, of course, the end of the trailer is the biggest payoff they could have ever done. Yeah, totally. This seems it to be a just... very common feeling, though, Peach. I'm wondering if you can expand on it a bit more, because a lot of people liked the first teaser trailer. I, I admittedly only liked it a ton because I watched it with Wesley. And so Wes was super excited about it. So that kind of, you know, raised the stakes for me. But I wasn't, you know, crazy for it. I, I thought it looked great. This one got me. This one, I was like, chills and moved and nuts. Yep. The music Is it was the right. voiceover? The, 
the voiceover, the, the visual when the you know the, the the speeder goes past the crashed star destroyer, right. it had excellent touch tones all the way through it. And you can tell in just the millisecond clips that they are nailing a lot of the acting. You can see it already. Not even just Harrison Ford, but the, you know the other characters. You you could see their faces like. Everyone's taking this very seriously. Yeah. The acting then, was, was better in the one minute <laughs> and 58 second trailer than Hayden Christensen did in seven, in seven hours of movie. That's right. They, are, they, they have already wiped away the sins of Hayden Christensen and, and uh, Natalie Portman. Are you ready usually to... wouldn't Natalie Portman. Are you ready to absolve them of that? Though I'm not ready for that. Here's the hope it gave me. The hope that this trailer gave me, and this is ridiculous to put this much on a minute and 47 second trailer, but the hope that it gave me, and I got choked up after I watched it, and I'm getting choked up again, is that maybe and perhaps we'll have the original three that we can all watch together and then move on to these new sets, which look like they're going to be done right, and just kind of forget about that dark time where they made three other movies that didn't make much sense and bothered people. Yep. Not even essential to the story anymore. We can like, okay, well, those happened, but we don't need to watch. It's like the bad James Bond movies. You could just pull them right out and stick it's to almost the like ones it becomes, you want. It becomes fan fiction at that point. A little bit, yeah. You know, like, they're not real. This is just a bunch of people that got together and speculated on what might have happened before. And it's a reestablishment of trust with the audience. You put Harrison Ford back in the Millennium Falcon. There's Han Solo. He's old now. It doesn't matter. You've reestablished trust with the audience. We're going to do this right. The right people are here. Mm Mm-hmm. And the amazing thing not, is the right people do not include <laughs> the man who created the entire thing. Not He's not necessary. Yeah, that's a, it's his fault. It is his fault. Yeah, I know. The best thing about this project was the day that I heard that he has nothing to do with it. That's ridiculous. It, it, but it's well, true. He, I, mean, I, he, no, I agree. He, he created a universe which was great, but then did not recognize when he was completely out of his depth in managing it. I'm sure that happens to a lot of projects. Right. He, I mean, he created Except this universe and everything, go. but then he pissed on it because he's too arrogant to not. And I, I totally agree with the idea. Of, I, I don't, I don't even sort of. Acknowledge that those first three movies exist. I don't know them very well. I've only seen one of them more than one time, probably. I think I've seen... Well, I've seen Phantom Menace a few times. And I've seen the third one maybe twice. The second one, you there are entire scenes in that movie. I'm like, what is this now? Yeah. So I don't know them at all. Yeah, the first... The first three movies could be re-edited down to a 90-minute usable, like, just a backstory reel. Right. 
and you know <laughs> to be included as an extras feature on the on the new Blu-ray. Right. It'd be be real. Here's where Vader comes from. Just real quick, run through it. You know what? Just show the sword fight with the lava. That's all we need. That's, <laughs> the yeah, the that lightsaber was... fight with the lava and and the uh, the Qui Gon Darth Maul one from Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. That's that's it. We're good. Set. Just here's about, how we yeah. got here. Here's how we got here. Here's how we got here. I get so mad. You don't mad. want to start with once there was a trade embargo between planets. You don't want to start oh with God. that. Oh my God! Oh my God! Please. No. Please let. And actions let's, were brought before the Galactic Senate. Let's do out no? of the six hours. Let's make. Let's make them filibusters. Good job. The Galactic Senate is meeting again. Who cares? How can uh, you broke up on me. Fix whatever you got to fix because you broke up. 